All right. So uh, shall we start up? Sure. sure. All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Today, it's an especially appropriate episode of the Stasis Pod, because we're looking at the first Stasis Pod episode of Beast Wars, Fallen Comrades. Ooh. Yay, Fallen Comrades, Fallen Stasis Pods. That's right. It's it's a it's double meaning. Also, other people occasionally fall over the course of the episode. A yes, bunch of falling. Uh, there also, is no Revenge of the Fallen, however. Good. Also, a rock. A rock falls. <laughs> Spoilers, sorry. Rocks fall, but not everybody dies. <laughs> Only Sorry, one spoilers. Dies. Rock falls on Waspinator. I know. <laughs> no one was expecting that. Well, kind of, I mean, that's kind of Tarantulas' thing. Yeah, true. Usually yeah, Waspinator just gets shot repeatedly. Tarantulas' other thing is being super creepy, so... Yeah. Uh, he's barely in this episode. We'll get to that in our next episode, which is also a Stasis Pod episode. I mean, it's yes. an episode of the Stasis Pod, but it's an episode of the Stasis Pod that deals with Stasis Pods. Free flip. Yes. So, Fallen Comrades, we open in space. There's a bunch of space junk and also a stasis pod. Stasis pod collides with the space junk and it falls to Earth. Uh, into the icy northern sector. <laughs> that also, shot was kind of weird. The, it was the, nice, though. It was nice, but mm. it flew past the camera really fast in the first shot and then in the subsequent shots when it has the whole kind of re-entry effect. It's like there's a field around it that's what's heating up instead of the space stasis pod itself that's heating up. Yeah. Well, that, that's visually, it, it's, it's a key instead of just showing one end of the thing getting redder. It's, it's animation. And it, it does a nice job establishing where new characters will come from for this show. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they'll still just be... fall out of the sky. <laughs> Here <laughs> is your new character plot device. New characters yep. just fall out of the sky whenever Hasro tells us we need some. That's or right. If it's a Stasis Pod episode, get ready to buy a new toy. Or yes. the bombardment of new toys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually a Toys R Us truck up there. And uh, anyway, no, both, I both, just uh, to that, but yeah, basically there's a Toys R Us truck up there. Everything is scrambled randomly. Yes. All right. So both bases, of course, detect this. Uh, I like the contrast we get. How you know it's you know sort of Rhinox calmly. Counting down to it, making impact, and then we cut to the Predacon base, and there are just alarms going off and pterosaurs <laughs> screaming at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, ah! It's, it's uh, like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Or, uh, or like the Ghostbusters. We got one! <laughs> yes. Am I crazy, or did they take a level in texture detail between last episode and this episode? It, it may be a little improved. And, they, and I wonder yep. if there was uh, maybe a bit of a gap between these and the earlier ones, because Power Surge is the last episode that has clips in the opening sequence. Hmm. So I'm going to wonder if maybe that was like a first batch, and then they've done these ones. I mean, we definitely know that there was a point, you know, in season one 
where they were still writing episodes as the series began to air, because even within season one, we got to a point where they were making those fandom callbacks. And we know they didn't really start doing that until the series started airing. So, so yeah, at some point there was probably a production break and then, you know, they, they came back with possibly some, some improved technology. Yeah. It seems like, at least Pterosaur has better textures, and then Rhinox has some surprisingly subtle detail on his whole eyebrow-slash-face-headband thing. Yeah. I'd never even noticed that before. I'd never paid no, close no. enough attention to see that. And, I mean, I'm watching these on a bigger TV than I had when these were first airing, so yeah. mm-hmm. that helps, too. Yeah, I, I thought a little about that, about, you know, we're watching it on these big... Big HD monitors, they weren't... Oh, yeah. And, and how, you know, it, it looks different compared to when we it originally aired on CRTs. And, yep. like, uh, people have pointed out with pixel art how it doesn't ever really... It, it never really looked the way people do pixel art because there was that CRT blurriness to it. That's yeah. a CRT blurriness. It's like twice as big as it was before because of how much resolution they can show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in this episode and even the next episode, it felt like they had a significant jump in the amount of detail they could put in the textures. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe Not sure if I'm crazy or not for thinking that or anyway. Well, they had to build some new character models, so maybe they brushed up some of the other ones when they had time at the same time. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm a writer. I don't art. I don't know how to art. I'm scared of art. I'll take your word for it. Yes. Fair enough. Also, during the whole sequence where the stasis pod is crashing and both teams decide, oh no, the stasis pod has crashed, we need to do something about it. Cheetor is up on the table, which is delightful, and then Optimus <laughs> Prime is walking like he has a stick up his butt. <laughs> yeah, he waddles a little weird. But it's also, it starts out, it's like Optimus is being impulsive and Dinobot is being cautious. Yeah, okay. Dinobot is kind of right here. That's, yeah. And Dinobot felt like he was being really protective, too. Yeah. Dinobot is kind of badass throughout this entire episode whenever it makes sense, or even if it doesn't. He's yes. just right 100% of the time through this episode. He's rolling 20s. Yeah. <laughs> but, but basically, yeah, Megatron decides to use strategy, and he, you know, everybody's like, oh my god, we need to go and... We only have one guy who can fly, and it's super far away, although stay tuned for how far away it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, Megatron says they only have one flyer, so this would be a good opportunity for an ambush. So, he actually uses some sound strategy here, but Dinobot kinda, well, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that, but yeah, Dinobot kinda susses out what Megatron might do. What would Megatron do? Mm-hmm. Yep. And and he is being this very sort of protective, you know, let me go out first and see if, you know, try to lure out anyone that might be stalking around out there. And, yeah, it's it's interesting seeing Dinobot sort of take that, take charge there and try to protect everybody. He goes down the weird maximal lift first, and we get a first-person view of Dinobot's vision, which... They're going for some effect, but I don't understand what, because it's not like a 3D effect. It's not like a heat vision effect. It's not like a UV effect. 
No. It's just kind of greener and browner than normal vision would be. Yeah, I'm not you know, sure what they're going for. It's vision. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a vision. He but does there's, a thing. But there's nothing there when he looks down, and then he's like, I still think something's wrong, and he's right. <laughs> but Primal yeah. just kind of shoves past him. And, you know, it's kind of a good Primal moment, because, you know, Primal isn't totally infallible. infallible. He's a little headstrong sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's good to see. And he feels very Promptly. strongly. That I I like the see. There's there's a couple different ways to approach writing Transformers, and I like that that Dinobot tells Primal that he he says your emotion chips are overwriting your caution circuits. That's, yeah, there's a lot of blank circuits in this episode. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of that sort of techno babble style of writing. Uh yeah. whereas on the the other end you have like James Roberts who just has people saying oh my god, not, you know. We're very much on the robot jargon side of things this episode. Yes, Beast yeah. Wars in general, but especially this episode very much on the ridiculous robot jargon side of of writing Transformers. Which is fine. I like ridiculous robot jargon. It is. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yep. So we have Dinobot going all, oh no, something bad is going to happen. I have a feeling about it. And Primal is now, oh, you're being ridiculous. We need to go now. Comes down the thing and immediately is ambushed. Yeah. And then something bad happens. Yes. Uh, He gets shot up by Terrasaur and Waspinator. Uh, There's a really neat moment where Primal gets, I guess, knocked unconscious, but his jets are still on, so he's just kind of hovering there like a marionette. Yep. Yes. One shot stuns him, two shots kills him. Apparently the Predacons are using Zet Keneals. <laughs> and, okay, uh, I'm apparently the only one here who watched Stargate. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, I did. I don't remember a damn Our thing. listeners might. Okay, and Stargate, the bad guy weapons were eventually retconned to have... One shot stuns, two shots kills, three shots disintegrates the body. Oh, uh, oh that's what that... I actually kind of remember that from from something. I just forgot where. I've only seen the Kurt Russell movie. <laughs> the show's pretty good. It goes on a little too long, but the show is surprisingly good. And then it starts to suffer from. Okay, we've done three season finales that were expected to be series finales now, but yeah, we still need to do another season of episodes because they've paid us to. Yes, we've got to keep Richard Dean Anderson off the streets <laughs> somehow. Eventually, they start suffering from Richard Dean Anderson neither has the willingness nor the body to keep doing action sequences. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure. At some point, it actually becomes a full-blown comedy without being a comedy. Oh, that happens by season four. They do do an entire episode that may as well be Ghostbusters. (laughs) Oh. Which is also essentially Groundhog Day. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was a good episode. And anyway, this is not... Anyway, uh, Waspinator gets a giant rock dropped on it. <laughs> because yeah. that's what happens to Waspinator. Rocks fall, it's, Waspinator dies. Yeah, it's not just Waspinator gets a rock dropped on him. Like, everything badass in this episode, Dinobot drops a mountain on him. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A giant rock, like, 20 times the size of Waspinator that gets I-beamed <laughs> by Dinobot. And the Dinobot goes, yes, after the rock hits Waspinator. I like oh, how excited he is. Yeah. We share your enthusiasm for killing Waspinator, Dinobot. Yes. Please keep on keeping on. This is I guess the... he just really hated Was. I could see Waspinator really getting on Dinobot's nerves back when oh, Dinobot yeah. was a Predacon. Yeah. 
Is this and about as frustrating enough by Rat Trap Waspinger must have just pissed him off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because they used to work together. But is this the second or the third time waspinator has been killed? Uh, second. I, th- I don't. He doesn't. And he gets kind of beat up in a couple other episodes. But it's really chain of command where he gets obliterated. Yeah. He, he gets yeah. kind of doomed, and and now he's yes. flattened by a rock. But he's fine. He's fine. Then as they flee, Dinobot just yells, FACE ME! And <laughs> I beams at them randomly. Oh. And then uh, Cheetor comes out, and he and Dinobot have a prolonged argument about what kind of, about uh, Optimus Primal's funeral, which Primal interrupts by rudely not being dead. Yes, yeah. and it's so great when Dinobot's like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I love how long Primal has to convince Dinobot that he's not dead. Yeah, cause, because cause it would be such a great death. A glorious funeral to come. Oh, and uh, Cheetor is the first one to say CR Chamber. Yes. Ah. We finally get it named. Yeah, we have a name for the plot thing that lets us have our characters take a lot of damage and not die. Yes. We also have our first example of a character taking more than superficial damage shown on screen. Well, yeah. I guess, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Waspinator lost some limbs in the last... Well, and... Uh, Megatron uh, was... Megatron was, like, dismembered. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We yeah, had dismembered before, but this is the first time we've actually had battle damage. That's true. Yeah, we get some of that in this, and the next episode, it, 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 I think the animation does, like you said, it takes a, it goes a notch up. Yeah, actually, other than body parts falling off, I think this is the first battle damage since, like, the second episode where Primal got that chunk ripped out of his monkey leg. And I guess we also got, uh, Cheater kind of got a hole blown in him in uh, the web. Oh, yeah. But we yeah. haven't seen a lot of it. No, and now At least we get more of it as this show goes on. Constant. So anyway, Primal needs to be fixed. He's not up to flying, so Plan B is to send Rhinox, uh, Rat Trap, and Cheetor into the arc or the northern sector to just run to the pod. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just run through the snow. Yes. That is in the northern. <laughs> now I, I like it's, the snow in this episode. That was neat. Yeah, it's, 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 it's mentioned cool. as being 100 clicks away. Now, yeah, clicks, I know, is is used sometimes to denote kilometers, but we have no reason to really think that the Maximals, that while while we know the Cybertronians have had contact with Earth culture, and apparently Rattrap knows about B-movies, we have no reason to stands, assume. As per the next episode. We'll yeah. That. We have no reason to believe that they're using kilometers as a me- measure of distance. Mm-hmm. So basically, the Arctic is 100-something from their base. Yeah, it's well, well, clicks is military jargon shorthand for kilometers. So yeah. maybe they took that as clicks to be a shortened version of whatever the Cybertronian measurement and distance is. Whatever it is, it's enough for them to run there in a couple hours. Yeah, well... Yes. Yeah, it's enough for Megatron later to run there faster than Optimus Prime can fly there, which is Yeah, we'll get to that, because that is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And and Megatron is sending Waspinator and Pterosaur to go get the pod and reprogram it into a Predacon. Because that's apparently just a thing you can press a button and do. You don't need to send Parantulas up there to do it. Do it. I would assume that it's some sort of... I mean, again, this is where this is written as them being super robot-y, yeah. but as as opposed to the more modern mechanical life form sort of approach. But but yeah, I mean, presumably you just do something that brainwashes them. Yeah, it makes sense if they like he handed them here. Take this USB stick, plug it into their brain, and it'll be done. <laughs> 
They didn't I, I have... assume that's what happens. I think when we, we do see this happen in, uh, like, much later on in Spider's game, and I think Tarantulas does plug a thing into it. Yeah, but it, yeah. it's just weird to say. I, it's like, the, the idiot and the other idiot, you can go reprogram a protoform. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That seemed questionable. I would have expected <laughs> them to have, like, a pterosaur carry Tarantulas there and have Waspinator and Scorponok go attack the maximal base. Yeah, or... or even carry Scorponok, because we've seen Waspinator carry Scorponok before. That's true. Well, we will had... eventually see Scorponok change someone's faction with a missile. Yeah. yeah. They had, well, they had their flyers hurry to the maximal base so that then their ground people could go a little slower, I guess. Yeah. But they're still at the base after they get back from the maximal base. Yeah. So anyway... Know. None of this makes sense. Uh, whilst the Flyers are going there, Megatron, Scorponok, and Tarantulas are heading to the Maximal base. But before they can get there, in the Northern Sector, the Maximals are racing towards one of those oh-so-prevalent oh so in Beast Wars land bridges. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is an ice no. bridge. Well, it, yeah, snow bridge. That's the she thing. Is head the, looks... Go ahead. The, the, the landscape here is just solid it's just it's like the ground is made of snow it's they they approach this ravine and the walls of the ravine are also snow yeah. i mean it, it yeah. i guess it could be a glacier yeah, or something they go so far north that they're in nothing but glacier territory it's yeah. apparently the snow is just like hundreds of feet deep or something but yes there's a a very convenient little bridge over the ravine that's made of a tidy pack of snow yeah i was surprisingly okay with that i was more (laughs) bugged by chidor's head not moving at all as he runs well yeah yeah, his whole body sort of moves around him yeah that that works for megatron it doesn't work for cheetor because his body's bobbing up and down way too much but they're doing that for Rattrap and Rhinox. They're animating the head moving as they run for them, but not Cheetor. Maybe yeah. that's how Cheetahs run. I looked it up. It's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think it would be that steady at all. No, it would bounce a little. No, I even looked up. Their head only seems to go below the level of their body when they're chasing something that has dipped below their eyeline. Huh? That's how much this bugged me. Yeah. I looked up footage of Cheetahs running at things. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds reasonable. There will also be much more exciting scientific research to come. Yes. Alright, so the Predacons, you know, exhibiting some solid strategy. They blow up this bridge. Maximals are going to have to take the scenic route. I'm they impressed that the they managed to they come up. They fly through the bridge. Yes. yes. Because they don't have made of snow. It's I'm not sure it would have held Rhinox. Yeah, to Probably be fair, not. I mean... It, it clearly wasn't stable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He'd, you know, he'd get halfway through, and then they'd spend you know a couple hours hauling his pudgy ass out of this ice ravine. Yeah, seriously. All right, so Rattrap uh, radios this back to the base. Dinobot is unsympathetic, and uh, Rattrap tells him to kiss his ass. Well, no, he says you can just kiss my pink hairless and gets cut off. Yeah. yeah so yes. pink hairless, <laughs> pink hairless on a rat that could be a few unpleasant things. Ew. He could say his. He could just mean his ears. He has pink hairless ears. Oh, pink hairless, yeah, that works. Or, or pink hairless ears. toes. Or toes. I, I, I think uh, I think Rattrap has a better conception of uh, human idioms than uh, than that. <laughs> yeah, <or laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that about takes his sweet time answering the radio call too. 
he, you know, he's got to let that ring a couple times just so he knows that your call it really isn't that important to him. Yep. And then he hangs up on him. <laughs> yeah. He's he's that guy who's you know who and just has to let it ring a couple times so you don't get any ideas. But then like he displays some humility uh, here in acknowledging that he needs Optimus's advice, so he accesses his core consciousness while he's in the uh, CR chamber. At which point, R- Primal tells him that it's time to recruit a team of uh, five protoforms with attitudes. I would like to note that Primal's core consciousness is apparently stored in his monkey brain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and anyways, core consciousness yeah. is represented by a hologram of his giant floating gorilla face, and he just kind of looks like Gorilla Zordon. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking Gorilla yeah. uh, Emperor Palpatine, but... Credit to Gary Chalk for sounding like half-asleep, half-sick Optimus Primal here. Yes. I was about to <laughs> say... Good yeah. voice. Really actor. good. Talking to drunk Primal. He sounds really <laughs> chill. He sounds like he's been, like... Mellow. Just relaxing. It's okay. I'm... S- you know, hurt. Got a monkey it brain. <laughs> Got a daiquiri in here. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but two more thoughts about the previous scene. One, why isn't Cheetor running ahead? Why is he running exactly as fast as Rhinox? Well, he's a cheetah, so he can only sprint. Well, so okay. he'd like run far That's ahead, true. and then he'd just have to like lay down for a little while. Kind of, yeah, but he's, he's still yeah. a robot cheetah. He might be able to keep up that speed longer than yeah. an actual cheetah. So I figured they so they so he's sort of running at Rhinox's pace so that he can you know he can keep up, yeah. and also if he runs ahead and they're both there, Cheetor probably can't beat Waspinator and Pterosaur at the same time. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Other thing, Waspinator actually seems to have chromatic shifting on his textures, which is awesome. Yes, I noticed that in the episode. At least on his, his eye eyes were all pretty. Yeah. Pretty eyes. Although I will note that later he has some really crummy looking eye beams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He has. He just magically has eye beams so they can have somebody trying to weld at the stasis pod. Yeah. Although <laughs> we know Pterosaur has eye beams, so why isn't Pterosaur doing it? Because his are destructive only. I guess. I mean, he just has like cutting laser eye beams anyway. Yeah. Uh, so make it, anyway, Primal has some solid advice. Uh, they're going to set up a laser pulse and bounce it off uh, off the moon to transmit instructions to this messed up stasis pod. Well, one of the yeah. moons, the bigger moon. Yes. Yep. I think the big is the bigger moon the real moon or is that the fake moon? It, it looks like the fake moon. Yeah, because because the littler moon is like moon colored. It's it's yeah, it's true. The the bigger moon is sort of brownish, rocky, mm-hmm. which is weird. Anyway, while he's setting this thing up, the Predacons get there. And uh, they they get the drop off him on him and shoot him off the base off the roof. Yeah. Oh yeah. Megatron shows up and just wants to talk. Oh yeah. I'm making oh, yeah. finger quotes. <laughs> and so is and actually Megatron is also kind of making finger quotes. Yes. Yeah. He's not gesticulating as much as previous times. And he has the perfect hands for making finger quotes because he only has two fingers. He does. <laughs> yes. It's great little. Oh, I love his dinosaur hands. Credit where credit's due. They don't say he's going to match the laser off the moon, but the next shot opens on the moon. Yeah. Yay, visual yeah. storytelling. Yeah, Yay! it's a shot of the moon that, that pans down to Megatron's big face. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so he just says, you know, let's just talk. You know, you're in charge of the base. Uh, you know, I'm here. Why don't we just be Predacons again? <laughs> Why don't we just, you know, like old times? 
Before the confrontation, Megatron's arms make this delightful swooshing noise. (laughs) (laughs) So great. And then Dinobot tells him to eat slag. There's a lot of slag in this episode. Yeah, this must be weird for, like, British viewers. I mean, uh, when the bridge gets destroyed, uh, Rhinox says that's some cold slag. Dinobot tells... Dinobot tells Megatron to eat slag. There's more slag later in the episode. So much, so much fake swearing. Yeah, yeah. filthy, filthy episode. Ah, uh, yeah. After yeah, getting uh, ambushed from behind, Dinobot still manages to roll onto the hatchlander thing and activate the uh, auto cannons. And it's a pretty good physical comedy scene with uh, yeah. these two just kind of trying not to get shot by these auto guns. Oh, yeah, God, Trenches so makes a little sidestep, gets shot. Mm-hmm. And then Scorponok gets the shake so bad that he sets off the motion sensors <laughs> and also gets shot. Yeah, he's so <laughs> good. Just keep yes. jittering and, and making like, uh, <laughs> And he gets shot. It's great. I'm, I, I really like that little sidestep Tarantulas makes. It's, it's oh, one yeah. of the great little clever, clever things that the show oh, is yeah. good at. And the sounds of the guns kind of sound like the, the, the weird heartbeat sound in um, The Thing. The bum, oh, yeah. bum, 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 bum. I think it's almost exactly the same noise. Yeah, and hey, this is also a, an episode with extensive Arctic scenes. Yep. Yes. They don't want to be tigers. They want to be us. <laughs> <laughs> the physical comedy is delightful, and credit for actually explaining the rules of the autoguns. Yeah. Motion sensors, they fly, and uh, there's, a, cleverly enough, a later scene where Primal shuts them off. For a couple yep. seconds, so we can fly away. Yeah, and it's it's overall a very well written episode, which yeah. is yep. fitting because it's you know one of the story editors. Yeah. So yep, uh, the instructions get transmitted. Every now and then we get a cutaway to the uh, stasis pod. At one point, it opens up. We get a hand poking out, and then it gets energon poisoning, and the lid snaps shut. It's kind of neat. That's like the commercial break cliffhanger, isn't it? I think it is. Yes. You know, there's they're talking about oh. oh so that pod opens, oh. he's going to get hit with all that energy on. Yep. And then the pod opens and he gets hit with all that energy on. And oh, no. come back from commercial break, there's two taggers near the stasis pod. Before the commercial break, earlier in the episode, there was only one. Yeah. Yep. If you're paying yeah. attention, you realize the surprise that's coming. Uh-huh. Yes. And if you didn't, you'd probably have a good idea, you know. Yeah. You kn- you knew, you saw the, uh, the information get transmitted, you know that it's probably going to work. Anyway, so they... They finally get to the uh, the pod. Waspinator Terrasaur got there first, but they're having some trouble getting it open with uh, Waspinator's dinky eye lasers. Which yes. don't really look like lasers. They just kind of just look like his eyes are flashlights. Yeah. Yep. And also note in the scene, Cheetor has his second gun, which I don't think we've seen before. Ooh. His, his, uh, his tail gun. gun. He has another gun? Yeah, the, the toy has two guns. <laughs> One, the, the gut gun, and like a second gun that is his tail. Ooh. Second gun that is not disturbingly biological. Yes. It's, it's a change from the prototype, where I think the oh, I think the tail gun originally had a missile. Maybe in that original Beast in that original Beast Wars toy commercial, it, he has different guns. Ah, it, it's weird. But it's it's just you know just a kind of a throw it in. We might as well make it a gun. Oh, mm-hmm. well you know it does have another gun. I never knew. But I, I guess that's. Toys. He, he often has it in the show when Tigatron's also... Spoilers, Tigatron's in this episode. Uh, <laughs> but he's there because Tigatron has that gun. Yeah. Mm. Uh. Also, neither Waspinator nor Pterosaur 
nor Megatron notice the stasis pod is empty. Even though the, 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 the stasis pods window. have a window. <laughs> yeah. They weren't looking that close. Yeah, so anyway, they, Primal's on his way. He's put Dinobot in the CR chamber. Uh, and yeah, Megatron... Yeah. How? And then Megatron shows up. How on earth does Megatron get there in time? They had yeah, a shot how- of Megatron heading north. Yeah. But then immediately afterwards, Optimus heads north flying. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I all is forgiven because when Megatron shows up, he does this great jump over some scenery and it's just like, oh, I am here. Okay, fair enough. That's that is delightful. His, his entrance is just hilarious. It's he just has ridiculous. a flair for the dramatic. He does. He's so good at it. I just couldn't so stop laughing at that entrance. And so, to make the, the Maximals give them the stasis pod, he threatens to kill two tigers. You know, which, I mean, you know, good on you, Maximals, but I don't know what your priorities here. Yeah, he, <sighs> he he's just has a standoff, like, hand over the pod, or I'll shoot these kittens! Yeah, it's like, if Primal was there, you know, he would try to defend them, of course. But yes. Rat Trap's there, it's like, eh, shoot him, I don't care. Yeah, but Rhinox <laughs> is going to de- defend them, and probably so is Cheetor. Yeah. yeah. We have one dissenter. We do have, previous to this, the Maximals saying that the reason they were here was an exploration mission and wanting to seek out new wildlife. So That's I true. buy all the Maximals being eco-hippies. Yes. And I think this is also where we'll point out, these are white tigers. White tigers do not live in the Arctic. But, no. But, white tigers <laughs> are Bengal tigers. They have like a... They have a mutation. Oh, they're, they're mutations of Bengals, not Siberians? No, Bengal. Okay, because Siberian tigers actually do sometimes live in the cold. Yes, but well, Siberian I'm, tigers are always orange. Yeah, but Bengal... Oh, and Bengal tigers, no, they're more south. And as you can imagine, Bengal tigers... I mean, most white tigers do not survive in the wild because it's kind of hard to hide in the jungle as a white tiger. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like albinism. It's like being an albino. Yeah, except I mean, they still have some pigmentation because they still have the black stripes. Yeah, but it's a similar sort of inconvenience. Of course, yeah, so the entire generally... explanation for this is he was going to be Wolfang, the wolf, but they got lazy and were like, eh, it's easier to change Cheetor into a tiger from a cheetah. Well, also lazy and probably they were on a budget. Yeah. That's true, too. They were like, we can't, if, if we can't do that if you want us to, unless you want to give us more money for a new, yes. completely new model. But... But yeah, I the the science there about the Arctic tigers is just super questionable. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to find a white tiger, you're going to find them in a zoo or in Vegas. <laughs> and and you know, if you did find them in the jungle for some reason, you would or found them in the wild, they would be in a jungle like where their actual near where their actual ship is, and not yes. 100 vague distance measurements. Yeah, but I, I do like the Arctic ambiance of this episode. You know, yeah, we got the snow, it is nice. oh, yeah. the lights. It's really Megatron nice having jumping them do over the snowy hills, snow lighting too. Oh yeah, yes. it works it's surprisingly cool. well. So you know, this it's, is the past. So we're just going to accept this is maybe an Arctic region created by the Vok, and there's some sort of weird cat subspecies unknown to science that lives there. Yes, yeah. I mean we don't know what color a lot of extinct things were. Exactly. So, uh, Maximal Surrender, uh, Predacons pop open the pod, it's empty. Dun, dun, dun! Where's the Maximal? Right here. 
And hey, it's 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 uh, Canadian character actor Blue Mankuma. Yeah, I love Yay. Blue Mankuma. Blue Mankuma has the best name. He does. Also, <laughs> one of the best. The, the best voice. I would like to note that Blue Man Kumo was in one of my my favorite guilty pleasure movies to just have on on the TV, which was uh, 2012, the ridiculous disaster movie from oh, a right, few with years John ago. Cusack. Yes, he he is in that. Also, he he's been in My Little Pony Friendship is Magic on vague occasions. Oh yeah, he's the voice of. Uh... Fluttershy when, in the episode where Fluttershy gets a ridiculously deep voice. Yes, when Fluttershy <laughs> gets cursed and gets this ridiculously deep voice, it's Blue Mankuma. And Blue Mankuma <laughs> sings in that episode. <laughs> so Ooh, good. I should see that. It's so good. And I mean, it if you, you watch any syndicated action TV show filmed in uh, Vancouver, you've seen Blue Mankuma. Not just syndicated to like TV movies. Like, th- there's a Canadian made live action Gundam movie. He's in that. Yes, he was in G Savior. Yeah, it's Who is he in Stargate? Uh I Oh shit. Let me see. He must be someone. He had to have been in Stargate, yes. <laughs> must have been in Stargate at some point. Uh yes, he was on both Stargate Infinity and Stargate SG one. Huh. Ooh, Infinity, the animated series that no one remembers. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, he played he played a sheriff on SG one. Okay. At some point. Uh, if, if you need a hefty black man and you're filming in Vancouver, you call Blue Mankuma. Yeah. And if you can't get him, you call Alvin Sanders, who's the guy who played Demolisher on Armada. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yes, if you I... know Japanese, his name means Blue Man Bear. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, man, he should have played Polar Claw. Yeah. Oh, that oh, yeah. yeah. They should have put Polar Claw in this episode, except, you know, CG budget. I know, but yeah. they could have given them more money. That's a bigger toy to sell. Yeah. That's like twice was, as expensive or he something. He was a mega. Ah, I guess those were 15. <laughs> and he, he had a bat that he shot at people. Yeah, for some reason. <laughs> he could have been Scorpinox foil. Uh, so anyway, he, he shows up, and because it's he's a new character and it's his introductory episode, he kicks everybody's ass. Yes. Oh, yeah. As you do. Even as there's awesome well. wrist rockets that Cheetor doesn't have, which is nice. I think those that's the only time those ever show up. Oh. <laughs> like, he just he had those two missiles, them. he used them up, and that's it. Yeah, he, he only had the two. I mean, he can't replace those. <laughs> They're heat seekers, apparently, because they follow Megatron over the horizon, over the hill he's running past, and then Megatron gives this awesome, Blast you! Like, he's G1 <laughs> Megatron. Yeah, he he might as well say he's blasting off again. Uh, I love Megatron. So, yeah, Primal joins in on the fun. Everybody, Predacons, all run away. Uh, Primal tries to welcome Tigertron to the team, but because of his identity circuits being damaged in the crash, he still kind of thinks he's a tiger. Again, with the very heavy robot coding. Yes. And so, you know, he... You know, once he saw the Maximals fight to save him, he realized he was a Maximal, but uh, he's just going to stay up north with his uh, tiger lady friend, question mark. Yeah, <laughs> that's... Does he have the hots for that tiger? Because they, they were I mean, hanging out, chilling until... We see later that they're very close. Yeah, they make yeah. that more explicit in later episodes, which is kind of surprising. It's It's pretty obvious later on that he and this tiger lady were... This this was his mate. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he names her at one point. Yeah. Which Snow Shadow, I think. Snow Stalker. Snow Stalker, yes. Yes. Which, I mean, maybe that's her name in tiger language, or maybe he just named her the way that you would name a cat. <laughs> Snow Stalker is kind of a big name to give your pet cat, although if they're dating, wait, this is very weird. Tigatron's kind of a weird character, but he's Blue Mankuma, yeah. and he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so he's mellow, so we let we And let I really pet. like his white and green color scheme. Yeah, well, yes. it's more of a teal. It's very pretty. It's nice. And also, he must kill you, because God told him to. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, we get a little uh, we get a little poetry from uh, from Tagatron. Let the trails lead where they may. I will follow, and we get some uh, some nice northern lights, and that's the episode. Yep. Optimus yes. gives a weird, almost salute as they walk away. And then uh, Rhinox is the one who kind of takes one look back to sort of give him a little nod. Like, yeah, you're okay. <laughs> and you know yeah. you're okay because I'm Rhinox, and I'm saying that. <laughs> I'm sure we'll see you sooner rather than later. Yep. Uh, although we we don't see him for another uh, four. Uh, I guess it's not the next episode, but the episode after that, because he's pretty sure he's in the probe. Oh well, yeah. Or, well, yeah. Sorry, better master. He's definitely in better master. There's a weird episode order we'll get to. Yeah. Yep. The next episode literally opens in a snowy area. But Tigatron's nowhere to be found. Apparently, it's South America. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's the mountains. Who knows? Yeah. Something so overall, Rockies. it's you know, this is a very you know, it's a very straightforward episode, but it's very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of well fun little animation moments. It, yeah. I don't know. Good action. There, there, are, there are problems though, mostly with distance. Well, yes, and yeah. travel time, and do robots get cold? Uh, they do. We'll see that in the very first scene of the next episode. They do get cold. Yes. It's weird. It's just Their weird. fluids can come close to crystallizing. Yeah. Apparently. Uh-huh. Also, they established in this episode that it is possible for Predacons to reprogram maximal stasis bonds. Yes. yes. Which is important. Up to the very climax of the episode, I figured it was just going to be, okay, the Predacons are going to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. But no, they 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 want it for their own, and uh, it, this would be a this would happen several times over the course of the series where you you know this is how you, they're stranded on one planet. This is with I think one exception how you get new characters. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yep. It's well, that kind of makes sense with toys, but it's like, why did they have so many protoforms on the ship, the maximal ship to begin with? I mean, I they were gonna you know land on a planet and like set up a whole science base. Yeah, but but. Like, do they do they need that many colonists who effectively are still babies? I mean, it's a pretty. I mean, as you see, they come out pretty like transformer aging is not quite the same as humans. Like, Tigatron comes out and he's like yeah. a he's like a grown dude. Yeah, and he's even a slightly defective and he's fine. Yeah, and actually, he seems older than like Cheetor, which is weird. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's I mean, he's weird. Yeah. Very much mature. I mean. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Well, well there's, uh, there's. I've been watching these episodes until now on old VHS, which was kind of funky. But <laughs> for this, I finally got the DVDs collection, the newest version, and it came with a prequel comic, guys. There's Ooh, a prequel. Uh, and hey, I think oh, Tyrion's in that one. <laughs> yes, he is. With yeah, if, well. my, if my knowledge of prequels is uh, correct, I believe it should also have uh, complicated trade discussions. 
uh, <laughs> archaic <laughs> ethnic stereotypes, and possibly a Sebulba. What has ethnic... <laughs> <laughs> it has stereotypes about Predacons and, and things. It's it's weird, because I'd never read it before until yesterday. I'd heard about it. I, I knew it existed. It came BotCon 20... Wait. 20... 2006, I believe. 2006, oh, okay. Yeah, so it wasn't all that long ago, but it was still kind of long ago. But yeah, it, it retcons things like Tigertron was actually a dude before, but that's... Eh. I'm not crazy about this that. Episode. No, not I, really. I choose to consider it apocryphal at best. Yeah, it, it, it's got a few nice ideas in it, but it's got some stupid ideas, too. Like Don't. the color laser beacon uh, buzzsaw there. Mm. I mean, I can kind of buy that, given the later G1 guest star we get. Yeah, but 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 then they're blown up. Is the problem? Ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not sold on it. Yeah, but I think we're all sold on Fallen Comrades. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you're going yeah, to blatantly sell us a toy, this is how you do it. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Pretty it's, well sold. Your toy is smart and and shoots Megatron in the butt. Hey, I I bought them. And then I bought a second one and repainted it, which made people very sad because that toy was hard to find at one point. Oh, yeah. I was always sort of disappointed that the toy had a silver face instead of the green one. Yeah. Yeah. There's I that. like differently colored faces. Yeah. Yeah. On the one hand, I do like differently colored faces. On the other hand, if he'd been just orange to tag it to uh, Cheetor's yellow, that would have been even worse. Yes. Yeah, that would have been too close. Yeah. Wait, that wouldn't have been cool. All right, so I think that should do us for the Stasis Pod this week. But please uh, join us next week for Double Jeopardy, where the scores can really change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, you can follow us on Twitter at, at @stasispod, on uh, Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com. And if you're uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, please write into the Maxim Mailbag at is it the Stasis Pod? No, at, at Stasis Podcast. No, stasispodcast at gmail.com. Stasispodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and and uh, we are, are we on... always available every every week on iaconunderground.net. Yeah. Yes, and, and you can yeah. also get us on iTunes. Yeah, however iTunes works. I don't use iTunes. We're there somewhere. Just Yeah, yep. and please... We're uh, on major podcast you're... clients. I've started yeah, so... using my Zune for podcasts again. Oh, Yay, wow. Zune. Oh, I should probably... Send me the link at some point to the the, the, the iTunes, the link on the, on the official Twitter. Yeah, and uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. It would uh, increase our podcast uh, ranking, and uh, we'd really appreciate that. Yeah. And send us discussion questions if you'd like to hear us talk about them. Yep. That's and right. imagine that there are many other Beast Wars podcasts out there. There are many Transformers ones, but... There are quite a few. I don't think. Not many Beast Wars. All right, so until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. Ha ha ha, my day has come. I'm Dean.
think there's one thing I wanted to say and didn't. They used an automatic fisheye lens during this episode. Oh. Yeah. A lot of the faith close-ups were fisheyes rather than just close-ups. And yet we won't have a character until season three. <laughs> Lulz fish. All right. I will be back in a moment. Okay. Come up with a repertoire of bad Jeopardy jokes. Saw Trebek. The day's mine. That's uh, Ted Ferguson. It's a, it's a funny name. 